0: You're listening to the Fix My Feet Podcast, solutions for every step in your journey with the nation's leading foot and ankle specialists.
1: Hey everybody, welcome back to the Fix My Feet Podcast. I'm Dr. David Waters, foot and ankle surgeon, physician. Also Dr. Evan Leonard, foot and ankle surgeon, physician, our physician's assistant, Ashley Anderson. We are the foot fixers. This is Fix My Feet Podcast. Yeah. Yeah, here to talk about something that is super common in the foot and ankle world. And that is... What is it, Ashley?
2: Ingrown toenails.
1: Ingrown toenails. This is super common, though.
2: You're teenagers,
1: I bet you... at least at least ten people listen to this. They're teenagers having grown toenails right now. Somehow, some way, they're keeping their shoes and socks on so you don't find out. That's what's going on because they don't want oh, yeah. to come in and uh, get them taken care of because they watch YouTube videos about what happens when you got to take care of these things and and the whole process. But uh, we're here get to kind of. Yeah, we're here, we're here to clear the air about uh, what it is, maybe some ways you can prevent ingrown toenails and how they get fixed and maybe some misconceptions around those and, and what you can expect after they get fixed. So Ashley, maybe just to start out real basic, what is an ingrown toenail? Some of our people probably don't even know. They just hear about it, but they have no exact idea. What is an ingrown toenail?
2: So an ingrown toenail is either you the toenail itself has been cut back far enough so as it grows out that skin while it was cut grew into the space of where that toenail was so then the toenail is going to just follow its same path that it's going to grow from the base of your toe up to the end of the toenail so as it grows out it just cuts into the skin so it's literally growing into the skin and so usually it cuts the skin then you can get an infection stuff like that. You can also get an ingrown toenail because sometimes toenails can curl into the skin. You can get pincher nails or nails that on either side, the edges of the nails have started to curl into the skin just because of pressure or some other causes like fungus, something like that. So you can also get that nail that grows into it by curling as well, not just like cutting it incorrectly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I bet I bet people didn't know there were types of toenails. Lots so that's of my times. next question, Doctor Leonard. What are some of the anatomical variants or types of toenails that uh, people might be looking at their nails right now? Like, what kind of type of toenail do I have? So
0: it's it's it, the most common. I think we probably see is like the incurvated nails. They just they're very arch shaped. If you're looking at them from straight on, and so they tend to curve down into the skin and the nail border on both sides, and you, you can kind of see the differences between the types of nails when people come in for ingrown because sometimes it will just be pressure and maybe if there's infection or some kind of a wound at the end of the toenail, kind of on the edge, some people get it all the way along that side of the toenail just because of more the, the shape of their toenail, which you can blame on your parents or your grandparents. A lot of it is very hereditary and very genetic and just how your nails grow. And you can also get it if you have thickened nails, whether that's from a fungal infection or whether that's just from psoriatic arthritis affecting your nails, or if you have other issues that affect your nails, trauma, um, damage to the nail, when they get thickened and, and start to grow a little bit differently, those can end up either pinching and causing pain or, you know, if they penetrate the skin, then you can end up with a wound or infection there too. So there's a bunch of different kinds, but the end result ends up being the same.
1: Yeah. So, uh, you're learning more about toenails today, if you're listening, than you ever wanted to know, probably. You're welcome. Here we go, baby. Anyways, Ashley, signs and symptoms that you might have an ingrown toenail. When should the brain cells start going off like, something's wrong, I got something going on here?
2: You have constant pain whenever you're wearing your shoes on either side of your toenail. If it's starting to get red or swollen, it doesn't have to be super swollen. It could just be that it's just that constant source of pain. Um, When you see your nail, if you get pedicures a lot, a lot of times they are shaped differently. And so there's like, if you're looking at the nail and the part that's closer to where it's connected at the base of the nail, it's wider, but then the edge of your nail is super skinny, then probably that that nail is growing into the skin on the sides as it's growing out. Um, I think that some of the other symptoms except for pain could be, sometimes you can get some drainage or pus coming out of the toe when you squeeze it, or if it's so painful that you just can't even have a sheet on it or put your sock on it, different things like that.
1: Yeah, that's exactly what we hear all the time. Can't put the sheet on it, can't touch it, can't be in the shoe you know, can't do any of this stuff, it would be at your teenagers there with the socks still on because he doesn't want you to know he's got the grown toenail. So, uh, Dr. Leonard, sometimes I, I get questions about this. The skin starts to, like, grow over this ingrown toenail and and gets changes color and gets, you know, what is that that pe- pe- people are seeing when that happens with the ingrown toenail? Maybe you can explain what that is to, to everybody listening.
0: Um, I assume you're just talking about when it, when they start to get what's called like a paronychia, or is like an infection over there, when that skin starts to grow over, it starts to change color, um, get irritated. A lot of times you'll have some drainage in that area or some sort of a a superficial area of infection and probably a little bit of uh, pus like Ashley said just because that nails are pretty inherently dirty and any kind of a cut near those is generally going to have some sort of irritation to it whether you get cellulitis or or it's just red from the rubbing of the nail and the skin there um, and so generally when it gets discolored like that you're seeing you know the tissue can start to change colors based on the amount of pressure and fluid and all those kinds of things going on along that, that nail border. So, um, probably a combination of all of those things.
1: Yeah. And occasionally you'll get what we call hypergranulation of that wound that he's talking about from the, from the nail cutting the skin. And, and that looks like this beefy red mass of tissue over there. Uh, but all those things, usually that's where we're starting to deal with more an infection side of the of this whole process that goes on, so let's just chat briefly about that. Ashley, what are the things we worry about when patients don't get these ingrown toenails addressed? Like, what what are the big risks that patients might want to think twice about before just letting this fester for forever? So,
2: well, I mean. It's an infection. So if it's festering and sitting there, I mean, you have infection that's in that toe that's in the body and it could just get worse and worse and then end up traveling somewhere else. Now, is that super common? No, but it will also just change like all of that skin around the toe because it will start to form just deep abscesses or that hypergranulomas tissue. That tissue never really gets super healthy again, it takes a while. So if you're just leaving it and leaving it, it's just harder to treat. Maybe we wouldn't be able to do a procedure or something on it right away if it's extra infected and would need antibiotics or something like that. So um, mostly it's just you have an infection that you're not treating or it's not getting better.
1: Have you ever, and you make great points, Dr. Leonard, have you ever seen and this, you know, it's always in the back of my mind, but have you ever seen uh, systemic infection uh, from a source of uh, ingrown toenail, meaning infection through the whole body? Or the other thing, I've seen this written up, but I've not seen it uh, bone infection from a from prolonged uh, ingrown toenail that was never addressed. And then that seated to the bone that's underneath the, underneath the big toe
0: nail. I've never seen any like bacteremia or like systemic infection from it, but I did in residency, we did have a patient who they were hospitalized and this isn't really a typical ingrown nail, but their nails were so incurvated down into the tip of the toe that it grew into their bone there. And they ended up with osteomyelitis of the toe and because it had been going on for couple of years since it had been just slowly growing through the skin. They obviously had some neuropathy and couldn't feel it at that point, but it can happen. And depending if you have other issues like diabetes or another source of some numbness or something into your feet, they can end up being a little bit more dangerous than on your average person where you probably have an idea something's wrong a lot sooner than they would.
1: So before we talk about treatment, let's talk about some prevention steps. What are some things if If you're listening, somebody's listening to this podcast and like, how can I not ever have this happen to me? What are some things, Ashley and then Evan, that you could do one or two things each to maybe prevent uh, getting ingrown toenails?
2: First thing I would say is just leaving your toenails just a little bit longer than the edges of the skin at at the tip of your toe. And then also cutting your toenails straight across.
0: And I think sometimes for specific people who get or prone to ingrowns just at the end of the nail and the corners, sometimes, like Ashley said, if you can keep it that length, that's great. If you happen to trim it shorter than that and it's growing out, sometimes if you place like a little piece of cotton or something underneath the edge of the nail so that it has a kind of a buttress to grow over before it gets to the skin, then that can help prevent these from forming in those areas. But sometimes you're just unlucky and you're going to, probably get ingrown nails regardless of what you do. So some people just kind of fall into that category. But otherwise, yeah, it's just about kind of routine maintenance and making sure that they're an appropriate length and an appropriate shape.
1: Great. So, I mean, that brings us to, you know, how do we take care of these things? And the reality is you have to get rid of the ingrown toenail. If you don't get rid of the ingrown toenail, you're going to get recurrent infections. You could treat it with an antibiotic, but uh, that's just taking care of the skin infection. You're still... Have a nail cutting the skin, leaving a portal for bacteria to go into the skin, and you end up with a recurrent infection. So, uh, you got to get it treated. Before we talk about that, maybe briefly, people that might not be a candidate for an uh, ingrown toenail procedure. What? Who are some populations that we would really worry about performing a ingrown toenail procedure on? that we might think about what are maybe what's an alternative way to get rid of that nail in lieu of a full blown procedure.
0: People with vascular disease, anybody with poor blood flow is a risk because poor blood flow? Yeah. When you do a nail procedure you're generally gonna have an area that needs to heal afterwards and whether or not you're removing the nail permanently, which we'll talk about well, there's gonna be some healing that needs to be done. you can't heal unless you have some blood flow. So those are always risky ones and uh, as, yeah yeah
2: as well as diabetics, especially yeah. if you are not controlled with your diabetes and have really high blood sugar or anyone who's immunocompromised or is on like a medication because you have cancer or if you have a inflammatory condition and you're on some really heavy hitters that are keeping your white blood cell count really low some of those other things.
1: Yeah. And and then the other thing I would, I would think about, if you think you need to have a procedure and you're on a blood thinner, make sure you let your foot and ankle specialist know that that would be something we'd want to know about, maybe manage a little bit before and after we do the procedure. One other question, of course, we're biased and we think that if you've got ingrown toenails, you should come see the the foot fixers and the uh, other specialists out there who are Foot specialists who do this stuff all the time, but uh, I know that there's all kinds of docs who who attempt ingrown toenail procedures in various settings. Your thoughts about Dr. Leonard's having a specialist do it versus having a generalist do something like this?
0: I mean, we just the volume that we see is a lot higher, so we are a lot more comfortable with it. We have a lot more standardized protocols for it. We see them a lot, so we we know how they turn out, and that's why we have good recommendations and good treatment options for them. I know. I don't want to generalize, but I've talked to some people who come in for a procedure and when they've tried to have it done at at their family practice physician or, or another place, they'll get injected right into the infected area, like right into their area that they have an abscess. And there's all sorts of reasons why that's going to be problematic. Not only does it hurt, but then... Infection can decrease the effectiveness of local anesthetic. And so there's all sorts of problems that go along with that. And it makes it a pretty bad experience, I think, unless you know exactly what you want to do and you have a good track record of doing it appropriately. So I think this is definitely a time when you want to see a specialist versus someone who maybe does two or three a year.
1: Yeah, I think that well said there. We do hundreds every year, probably. Maybe, close. I don't know, it's definitely in the hundreds, probably. So. Close. So good. Uh, let's talk about In the end goal is treatment here. Uh, it involves a procedure. It's usually done in the clinic. There's a couple different options. I'll, I'll let Ashley kind of chat about those, but tell Ashley some of the procedures that we can do to treat this and get people back on uh, track.
2: Yeah. So most of the procedures all involve removing the nail in some sense. So Let's say you just have one corner of your nail or one side of the nail that's really bothering you. The other side doesn't hurt and you've never had problems with it. We could always do a partial removal of that nail on that one side. So that's called a partial avulsion. And then if let's say both sides of the nail, it's super curved, it's really thick, whatever the reason may be, we could remove that whole toenail. So if we remove the whole toenail, we could either use a chemical to try to kill that nail so it doesn't grow back, or we could just let that toenail grow back. And then every time the toenail grows back grows back a little bit differently. So we could always see how that grows back. And then usually when we do one of those partial or just the sides of the nail, you can do both sides of the nail at the same time as well, or you could just do one side. That's the procedure where usually we will use a chemical called phenol to try to kill the nail so that it won't grow back. Because if when it grows back, it will just grow right back into that one spot on the side and usually it grows right into your skin. So not very comfortable for that one partial to grow back. And so the procedure itself just involves getting numbed up with some lidocaine. That involves getting stuck with a needle um, and then get last about five, 10 minutes, let you sit, get numbed up come back in, we'll clean up the toe, put on a tourniquet or something to help stop that blood flow to the end of the toe. And then we free up the nail with an instrument, to separate that nail from the rest of the toe, take that nail out. And then if you were going to have that permanent procedure done, you would apply the chemical. Um, and then after we apply that, we usually put some rubbing alcohol on it to get that chemical so it doesn't work as well. And then bandage you up. And then we have a whole protocol afterwards. And there's more that goes into it as well, but.
1: No, that's suggestive. I mean, and it is very straightforward. It's, it's done in the office. It's pretty, it's pretty slick. Um, uh, and like I said, we do them all the time. So it, it goes pretty smoothly. Some options, uh, Dr. Leonard's, well, there are more than just in office chemical matricectomies and avulsions some surgical options that people may not know about if maybe you continue to get recurrent nails after you've gone through a couple phenol or chemical procedures that just for information for people listening that might be out there for them.
0: Yeah, there are definitely a couple surgical procedures you can do. It generally involves an incision kind of along those nail borders, removal of that part of the nail, and then generally a, an excisional removal or a surgical removal with sharp instrumentation of that nail matrix or that area with the cells that is producing that nail in that area that's causing consistent ingrowns, whether it's both sides of the nail or one side. And then generally it's closed with sutures. And this is your your last resort when these other procedures don't work. And there's a few different ways to go about it, depending on the shape of the nail and depending on the, the age of the patient and if the area is infected or, or what other problems are associated with it. But There are some surgical options, and it's also an option to do what Ashley discussed in the OR as well. We do do that on occasion if uh, people have a lot of fear of needles or if they just tend to faint easily or if they are squeamish or things like that. It is a procedure that can be done in the OR with the help of a little bit of sedation. and So there are multiple options. One way or another, we'll get it fixed.
1: Yeah, I think that that was the last point I wanted to make is that usually people's biggest apprehension of getting these fixed is that we got to numb up their toe or we got to stick them with a needle and, and the pain that comes along with that. And so there are some good options available to us in the way of going to even just a outpatient surgery center it takes quick time. They can give you a little sedation, which makes you feel a lot more comfortable while we numb up the toe and, and do the whole procedure and so that makes things a lot more amenable, I think, to some other some people that might have some real apprehension around needles or around the, the idea of being awake and watching us do this procedure and all the stuff that comes along with that. So any, some final thoughts from each of you. Somebody's listening to this, they got kids or they themselves have had an ingrown toenail for a while. Recommendations, thoughts, things that you might tell them, the information you might give them that might ease their mind or help them get the care that they need? Ashley?
2: I'd say if your toe is hurting, getting the procedure done, yes, it's a procedure. You have to go through all of that. But the actual healing side of it, usually it's just tender for the first couple of days and then you start to feel better. So it really is just helpful and it will make a big difference from that constant pain you're having in your toe to not having to deal with it anymore. I will say that Sometimes people are really upset they've had a procedure and their nail has grown back, even though it's supposed to be permanent. That is always one of the risks. So it is something that that nail can just grow back. The nail matrix is really hardy. Like Dr. Waters said, that there's a couple of people who have just chronic ingrown toenails, even after getting them removed, that were supposed to be permanent, like some of those other options, like the surgical type. So I think that it's definitely worth it. If it's, you're having a lot of pain, still try to get it taken care of.
1: Evan, any final recommendations, thoughts, things we haven't said yet?
0: I was going to talk about afterwards. I know people are curious about if they need to take time off work or anything like that afterwards, and and Ashley nailed it. It's just once that anesthetic wears off, it'll be a little bit tender for a day or two, and then usually people are back in shoes and not really worrying about it.
1: Yeah, no, I I think those are great points. So I think it's something very treatable, and it's very slick and straightforward. If you're having it, come get it taken care of because the long-term effects of not getting taken care of are are not something people want to deal with, especially like we've talked about if you're immunocompromised. If any way you might be at risk for something more serious happening, come in, let us take care of it. It's it's pretty quick and simple process. And the post-operative process is really, really simple and really straightforward. So that's it for ingrown toenails. Super common. Drop your comments below. We'll we'll talk about, I'm sure some of you got pictures of your ingrown toenails on your phone. Drop those down below. We'll see what people really got out there, what's going on. We'd love to comment on those and talk about them. But we are the Foot Fixers. This is the Fix My Feet podcast. Be sure to check us out on social media. We'll let you know about upcoming episodes we've got coming up. uh, Bunions, hammer toes, all kinds of common things that we deal with on a daily basis. On Instagram, we're at at plat river foot and ankle and on tiktok and facebook plat river foot and ankle surgeons and with specific to the podcast on facebook at the fix my feet podcast check us out on all our social media accounts drop us your comments we love to interact with you guys until next time where we talk about more ways we can
0: fix your feet thanks guys (laughs) bye thanks for listening to another episode of the fix my feet podcast To schedule an appointment with one of our providers, visit www.prfootandankle.com.